Your scripture reading from today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson Feltz. I'm the pastor here at Morningstar, in case you haven't had a chance to meet me yet. Welcome once again to worship. It's such a joy to be together in the house of the Lord, whether you are here in person or worshiping online. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One night last week, as the bedtime for the children began to draw near, Jason looked at me and said, the kids need a cleansing tonight, right? It's okay to laugh. Justy thought it was funny. I laughed out loud. I think it was the word choice of cleansing. It made it seem so ritualistic, like a baptism or even an exorcism. And I'm not making light of anyone's experience of baptism or even exorcism, if that's part of your spiritual background. It's just the opposite. Jason's comment about cleansing, especially in the context of our children's spirited behavior that night, gave me the realization, the remembrance, that we all need a reset button every now and then in our relationships, in work, in our everyday experiences and living. Sometimes we need to pause. As Owen said, we need to take a deep breath. We need to center ourselves and start over. In terms of faith, we often think of baptism as one of those resets. That's not exactly what it is, but it does have a fresh start feel to it. Why do you think that is? Why does baptism have a fresh start feel to it? Really, I want to know. Why do you think that is? Washed. I heard, I heard the word. Who said it? Water. Yeah, washed by water. Water is cleansing. Water is refreshing. Baptism uses water as its central sign. It's a sign of God's claiming us as the children of God, working God's grace in us. And water is central to life. Water covers 70% of the earth's surface. It regulates the earth's temperature. 60% of the human body is made up of water. Water is the only substance, Laura could tell us more about this, but it's the only substance that's naturally found in solid and liquid and vapor form and can transform easily from one to the other. And all of these ways 
Water is regenerating. That's what makes it such a beautiful sign of baptism, of new life in our tradition of faith. So if water is a sign of new life, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Today we are observing baptism of our Lord's Sunday. This is the Sunday in our church calendar that follows Epiphany. It follows the journey of the wise men. And our passage today that Laura read for us places us at the scene of the banks of the Jordan River in which Jesus approaches his relative John, who is gaining a reputation for himself, for his appearance, his camel hair clothing and leather, and his diet, locust and honey, but also because he's been preaching repentance and offering baptism to those who would follow him. So Jesus says to John, I need you to baptize me. And John, who is recognizing Jesus as the one who has been sent to free his people from the oppression of Roman occupation, says, I think you've got it backward. I'm not worthy to baptize you. But Jesus insists, saying we must do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now, a crowd almost certainly was gathered at this scene because people had been flocking to John from Jerusalem, all of Judea, and throughout the regions of the Jordan to be baptized. This was before most people had any idea of who Jesus was. It's before he had called his disciples, before he had preached a sermon, before he had healed anyone, before his ordeal in the wilderness, and certainly before he had died and rose again. So it's natural to wonder if we are baptized as a sign of our place in God's family and our commitment to following Jesus and his baptism, then why was John already baptizing people? And what did that baptism mean for them? Am I the only one who wonders about these things? In the first century Mediterranean world, Jewish tradition required animal sacrifices to signify a right relationship with God. And for a person to make such a sacrifice, a ritual cleansing had to take place first, a baptism of sorts. And during that time, a community rose up in the desert caves of Qumran near the Dead Sea that emphasized the importance of preparing for the Messiah and that included a ritual cleansing with water, a baptism of sorts. Now, it's likely that John the Baptist was a leader of this community, and he added to this ritual cleansing of his ancestors a new emphasis, repentance. Does anybody remember what repentance means? What does it mean? Turning around, yes, Cindy, to change the way that we think, to change the way that we think spiritually and mentally, to turn in a new direction, to take a new path, a healthy path. It's so beautiful to see how these historical practices of baptism build on each other, much like the covenants that Kathy mentioned on New Year's Day. The cleansing for sacrifices was a way for people to comprehend how they could possibly stand in the presence of God. The cleansing of hope for the Messiah was a way for people to stay focused on what God was preparing to do for them in their world. The cleansing for repentance would leave the people open to new ways of thinking and practicing faith. It would give them the eyes to see the Messiah when he stood before them, as he did 
on the banks of the Jordan River. I have come to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus said. And in doing so, he was connecting all of those previous observances of baptism and honoring them, recognizing them as practices of seeking a right relationship with God. Because that's what righteousness is. A right, proper, good, healthy relationship with God. So in his own baptism, Jesus modeled for us the nature of that right relationship. We often talk about that in terms of forgiveness in our own life. That's why we practice baptism, at least in part, in our faith tradition, because of forgiveness, because we connect that ritual to forgiveness, whether we're talking about a few drops of water or a pitcher of water or a whole tub of water. It's not the amount of water that holds the significance for us. It's the power of the water itself, the sign that the water serves of God's power to forgive us, to regenerate us, to give us a fresh start, and to remind us of who we are. Now, did Jesus need a fresh start? Not in the way that we would think about ourselves, but it was time for some people to begin to recognize who he was. And for that to happen, he first had to embrace that identity for himself in a public way. And that's what happens. When Jesus comes out of the water, the voice of God is heard to say, this is my son, the beloved, in him I am well pleased. Well pleased. Well, of course, God was well pleased with Jesus, we might say. He'd never done anything wrong. But remember, he'd not necessarily done anything especially right either. Now hear me out, that is not blasphemy. Jesus' baptism takes place before the teaching and the preaching and the healing, before his faith was put to the test. This means, beloved, that baptism is not only about our forgiveness. It's also about our identity, our identity as the children of God. And that's something that we cannot earn, and it's something that we cannot lose. It's one of the reasons that we, in our tradition, baptize people of any age. Do infants need to be forgiven? They will be, right? We know that. That's probably one reason that language of cleansing came to Jason's mind at the end of one of those long days and these short years of parenting. But the truth is, they already are forgiven. And so are we. You are already forgiven. Because forgiveness is the work of God. It's something that God chooses to do, not because of anything you've done, but because of who you are, who God claims you to be, the children of God, a child of God. And in you, God is always pleased. Think about it. Even when you are raging mad at someone you love, like really, really mad at someone you love, you don't stop loving that person. You may be displeased with what they are doing or have done, but you are not displeased with who they are. So it is with God. God is never displeased with who you are. God is never displeased with who you are. It's only you who might think otherwise. And it's precisely when you are thinking along those lines that you are unlovable, that you don't deserve forgiveness, that you are unworthy, 
that you need a fresh start. And it just so happens that I have one prepared for you today. I hope you have your pieces of paper. If you don't have your pieces of paper, poor, poor Patty, it's okay. We have more. Or you can, go, you can get it right now. It's okay. It's okay. Take, take your piece of paper, and you'll notice that um, if you're in the sanctuary, this paper is thin and soft, so you might need to take care not to rip it. If you are worshiping online, any piece of paper nearby that you do not need to keep will work. You will also need a pen, so just gather those supplies with you. Sometimes it's really difficult for us to believe that God is pleased with us. We know too much. We've seen too much. We've done too much. Too much has been done to us. And we need to be cleansed from the residue of those experiences. We need a fresh start. So this morning, I invite you to take a few moments to silently consider what it is that might be keeping you from fully embracing your identity as a beloved child of God. We have a few examples on the screen here. Maybe it's pain that has been done to you. Maybe it's pain that you have caused. Maybe it's fear or anger or a grudge. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's conflict with others or a family dynamic. Maybe you simply feel unworthy. Maybe you distrust humanity in general. Maybe it's an expectation of God, of, of others, of yourself. Maybe it's anxiety or doubt, or grief. Maybe it's weariness that you feel in your bones. Whatever it is, write it down. And be as specific as possible. And if children are with you, talk to them about this practice. Help them participate in this as well. They are not too young. And I think we're going to have some music. And when you get ready... As the, as the music plays, I would like you to come and drop your piece of paper into this bowl of water. I'll set it down on the floor when you are ready. And if you're online, drop your paper into the trash or a shredder or the recycle bin. As you come, let, you, let yourself think about the power of God's work in your life. The power of the water and the spirit, as John Wesley would say.
what we have done here today, whether you are here in the sanctuary or whether you are online, is a remembrance. It's a remembrance of our baptism. It's an expression of our faith that can be really powerful. And remember, remembrance is not just accessing a personal memory. Drop it right in. There it goes. It's not just a personal memory. This is a corporate act. It's a public expression, and it's corporeal. It has to do with our bodies. And when we remember our baptism, our bodies connect with the water in some way as a sign of God's continued work in our lives. You have just dropped a symbol of your shame into that water or into the trash can. And what happened to it? It dissolved, right? Because it cannot withstand the power of the water. Your false narratives, they dissolved in the liquid. They were absorbed in the trash can. That serves as a sign of God's love for you and God's power over whatever it is that threatens to keep holding you back from embracing your identity as a beloved child of God, as someone in whom God is well-pleased. So, beloved, take a moment to take a deep breath and to remember your baptism. Be thankful. And if you have not been baptized, no worries. You can talk to me about that later, but you can be thankful nonetheless. Because baptized or not, God is in this moment and always well pleased with you. With all of you. And with each of you. God is well pleased. And this is a truth that you can remember every time you interact with water when you are washing your hands, when you are taking a drink, when you are washing your car or washing a dish or bathing the dog or bathing a child. Let water, let the water that is washing the grime away or quenching the thirst, let it give you the fresh start you need to remember even every day that you are a child of God. And in you, God is well pleased. You are a child of God. And in you, God is well pleased. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Kiddos, as we pray, you are welcome to take the wooden cross from your worship bag and to hold it tight as a sign and a symbol of holding God's hand of holding the hands of the people that you love. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning. We thank you for the fresh start that you give us with every deep breath that we take. We thank you for the cleansing power of water. And most of all, we thank you for claiming us as your children and for loving us so dearly. May we live into that love in new ways today and throughout the week. Amen.